absolutely. And I think really I've been kind of coming to this realization that um, in many ways that that structural component is possibly, uh, well, is certainly a very important aspect of, of uh, ministry and what people are even looking for, maybe not consciously, but. Well, I mean, certainly the, a, a community aspect. Yeah. I would say yes. Um, I have a harder time with sort of, when you say structural, it makes me think of like, um, well, and then now the words dropped out of my head. Um, institutional, right? Um, and, and of course, you know, I've managed to find myself in a hierarchically structured institutional church, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. For which I am grateful, um, you know, and uh, and and I'm sort of surprised that the Lord put me there. But but I mean, that's that's where I've been since 2008. Um, and, and, and it's a good, it's a good fit for me. So, so that's yeah. nice. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, I think one of the tasks of a theologian, um, is to try to get disparate groups of Christians to work together. So yeah. I do a lot of chatting with, uh, you know, other pastors, you know, like Wayne Morgan over at First Baptist is a dear friend. Right. We chat every couple of weeks and um, Pastor Fleming at Our Savior's Lutheran, especially with their new, you know, they're, they're now an affirming church, right? So, so, and they've really jumped into that with both feet. Oh my goodness. Oh, awesome. Right. So, yeah, well, it's, it's neat. And, um, and, and like, it's funny because, you know, I'm a trans person who doesn't like queer I mean, like, it's funny, because like, I don't like trans theology. Oh, it's not really true. I've never read any trans theology. So, but I don't feel the need to. And, oh, yeah. and I'm a queer person who doesn't like queer theology, and a feminist who doesn't particularly like feminist theology either. Although, there's probably stuff within those groupings that I would appreciate if, if I took the time to read it. Um, yeah. So, but, okay. Well, do, would you mind explaining to me a bit of what those things are? Uh, sure. Yeah, I can try. Uh, I actually have no idea what trans theology would even look like other than theology done by trans people. Um, yeah. And, and so like, as far as that goes, I, I suppose any theology that I do would be uh, trans theology by default. Um, I, I suppose, um, uh, yeah, that's about all I know. I mean, queer theology sort of goes all over the place, right? So um, some of it is about, you know, finding textual examples of what some people might consider queer relationships in scripture. I think that stuff just takes scripture and distorts it in not very helpful ways. Um, on the other hand, um, I definitely know people who have remained in the church specifically because of their exposure to queer theology and uh and that can only be a good thing um and feminist theology is sort of the same except for the feminist bent right so mm -hmm. um and so and that's sort of, really more about taking down the patriarchal side of this um per perception that we have of god as a man uh like yeah it can definitely I mean, be that it can definitely be that and but i mean like like that for me is such old hat like when I was in fifth grade, my father and I used to, you know, change the pronouns for God 
in songs that we were singing all the time. Oh I mean, yeah. So like, I mean, it, it's very, it's, it's like, like I use he, him pronouns for God, but I do so in the full knowledge that God is well beyond our concepts of gender. And, right. and, you know, I mean, scripture is just full of, of, you know, different metaphors and descriptions of God. Right. Yeah. And different conceptualizations of him. And, right. uh, and so, you know, I mean, if, 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 if calling God, he is conjuring images for you of some sort of, you know, punitive hierarchical male, well then don't do that anymore and do <laughs> yeah. something different, you know, right. but um, if, if that's not an issue for you, you know, then, then don't worry about it. And that'll open you up to being able to use, you know, more historical sources, which I think is, is really important, right? Because I, I think the life of the Christian community is colored by our history. Um, and and not only the history in, um, in scripture, although I think that's very important, right? The history of Israel and the covenant and the history of the early church and the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. but also the history of, you know, the church Catholic, right? Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, yeah, yeah, right? And, oh, and, and absolutely. it's good I to mean, be able to draw upon that, right? And, and if, you, yeah. if you sort of try to ignore that, then you end up sort of like rehashing the same sort of things over and over again when you don't need to be doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and so that's kind of, that's kind of where that's at. Yeah. I did just, I did just finish uh, a chapter and I'm almost done now with, I've been reading Stanley Harawas's A Peaceable Kingdom. I don't know if you're familiar with Harawas. No. Um, ah, well, I would commend him to you, I guess, if you have a philosophical bent to your theology at all. Um, he's, Certainly the most, he's been the most influential theologian and moral philosopher in my life. I okay. first read this book by him back in 2004 when I was uh, studying abroad in Honduras and I was just reading it for fun, which was nice. Uh, and, say his um, name again. Stanley Howawas. Howawas? Hower. H-E-U, no. Anyway, oh, okay. H-A-U-E-R, probably. E-R-W-A-S. Yes, that's right. right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, he is certainly a very intriguing character. Um, and and for, for him, sort of when I, when I first read him back in 2004, um, sort of all the theology just whoof, went right over my head. But mm -hmm. I got all of his philosophical bits just fine which was nice. Um, and now that I'm reading him again with sort of a, a significantly better understanding of theology, I'm just like, oh, makes so much more sense. And, mm. um, and, and for him, he's really big on um, both um, the uh, narrative character of the church um, and, um, and Boy, I mean, he's not easy to summarize. Is the thing. I mean, if I was gonna, if I was gonna say anything particularly profound about him, it would need to be in in like a long essay format. Yeah. Um, okay. So but, he has a lot of ideas. 
Yes. Well, he, he does. I mean, he, he's advancing a specific kind of argument about um, Christian ethics. Um, and he's very specific about how ethics need to be qualified, right? With a qualifier like Christian or, um, I don't know, there's a lot of different competing ethical theories out there, take your pick, right? Um, and goodness gracious, there's even more now than there were when he wrote that book back in 83, I think was the year. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and anyway, it's it's quite interesting. Um, and and he, he's always uh, careful to, talk about how it's important to live into uh, God's calling for your life and for the life of your community. Um, and and that, that that's really uh, important. He, he's big on virtue theory, right? He's really a virtue ethicist. Um, and, uh, and, and so the way he tackles that is talking about um, talking about developing character right so that yeah. over one's life one develops character and thereby one um is able to deal with um what he would call uh like moral um this isn't the word he uses but moral dilemmas where there's no clear right or wrong right or wrong choice right sort of like where, where all choices are bad right. um right and and so like that that that's a chunk of what he's talking about too he generally is rejecting deontological and teontological uh forms of ethical questioning uh for various extremely excellent reasons uh and as someone who's sort of a former uh neo-kantian uh, I, I appreciate um, his perspective on that, and it's getting me to sort of um, toss off the last vestiges of Kantian ethics that I had been holding on to. Not that I was ever a very good Kantian, to be honest. I lied my ass off in certain certain uh, situations, uh, but honestly, there were situations where lying was called for. Um, so mm -hmm. there you go. Well, that sounds interesting, but um, it probably a lot of it is over my head because I, I have always kind of, um, well, I guess my, my approach to philosophy is that uh, I like to talk about ideas, um, mm -hmm. but I don't really enjoy talking about, uh, hit, like, I guess to me, philosophy often turns into a uh, just a bunch of name dropping about from, with names that I don't know. And oh, well, I'm like, well, useless, I, I, exactly. So it's like, I mean, I haven't read Kant, Kant, whatever. Oh, yeah. um, so Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's, it is good. And I, mean, and I think it, this it, is an interesting phenomenon because I think if, if I did know, like if you were to sit down with somebody who had read that, yeah. they you would have just taken a massive shortcut and they it's would true. have a very clear understanding whereas yes. if you have to go back and explain exactly what you're saying without any of that history it's going to take you an hour to get me up well, to speed it wouldn't take me an hour but i mean to be honest i've gotten much better now at being able to and and and, and I, sh I should have prefaced the beginning of the conversation with this that if i say anything that you're unsure what i mean you should just ask and then I will do uh, my course. best to explain. 
I, um, I always will, or I'll just ignore it, or I'll jump <laughs> over it. I'm fine either way. I don't have to know what you're saying. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can give you I the do want to. bare bones on Kant, because that would be helpful. So Kant uh, is has his famous um, moral ethical imperative, right? Uh -huh. Where, whereby certain uh, um, actions or decisions are always wrong all the time. Uh, and he would include lying in that. Um, okay. And, and so why, why would, I guess, what assumptions is he using to A, so right now he's, that already shows that A, absolutes are possible. And yeah. then, so why? At least according like, to him. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of, that's the thing is like, right. there's and all these if, if, if you're trying to dig into to, to why he thinks that, that is a conversation I probably couldn't have because I haven't read Kant since my early twenties, okay. right? I mean, I, I could give you the bare bones version so that you have some idea of what I'm meaning. And well, but oh, okay. the, I guess the, the real important bit is just that Harwas is rejecting that, although he is pointing out how many Christians um, find that approach um, in like intriguing, if if yeah. not um, if not useful, just because um, right. If you think of um, oh, you know, like uh, the law, right in scripture, you know, yeah. I, I mean, and and one thinks of sort of um, ways in which the Christian church has talked about, you know. Um, I don't know, uh, getting divorces or fide fidelity is the way I should really phrase it. Fidelity and, and you know, various other things, yeah. um, right? One can see why a Christian might be attracted to that, but, or at least Christians of certain types might be attracted to that because it, um, yeah, right? Because it sort of um, provides well, it uh, a sort of non-Christian way of, uh thinking about ethics right and and that's the real issue that harawas well one of the real issues that harawas has with it is yeah. that um is that it's it's trying to um sort of globally apply um ethical modes of behavior uh and 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 i would say it's failed right i mean goodness gracious look around us i mm -hmm. mean it doesn't take very much looking before you say oh my goodness, like this is so clearly, um, this is so clearly not, not working, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so let, so let me ask you a question. So when, when we're talking about ethics and um, uh, let's, I guess really to me, it seems that if there are ethics at all, um, then there is some kind of underlying assumption. And generally, it does require some kind of absolute. Um, sure. And so, and, and maybe that maybe I'm, maybe that's not right. Uh, but I'd like to talk about that. Does it or does it not? And then if it does require absolutes, where would such an absolute come from, if not from God? So what I've, what I, I'm having a hard time understanding is, how does an atheist uh, foundationalize their uh, ethics? Ah, well, that's a question probably best put to an atheist. Yeah. I'm not one, but, but I you've read a spend, bunch of stuff. Now, are some of I these philosophers? Spend, I certainly spend a lot of time around atheists. 
Right. Um, but some of the, some of the yeah. philosophers are atheists, right? I mean, I've certainly read some atheist philosophers. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Um, and 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 they 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 try to ground um, ethical behavior in terms of, uh, I mean, for example, trying to maximize the greatest good for the greatest number of people, or sometimes non-human animals in there as well, and try to minimize the harm, or they come up with a certain um, uh, sort of irreducible, as, as they claim, um, maxims um, that can be applied universally, um, or uh, they are, are like sort of Aristotelian in, in direction, and so they tend towards um, sort of um, uh, yeah, a building up of virtues. I'm not as familiar with that. And there's a whole sort of smorgasbord of different um, of different right. competing ethical theories out there. And um, I like the, what you said about harm and, and virtue because sure, I, I suppose that you could think of the uh, the Hippocratic oath as a similar type of thing. Where, well, it's yeah. a choice, you know. Uh, you choose to go into the, the doctoring field, the field of medicine. Uh, well, that choice comes with um, responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. So if you're going to be part of this field, uh, do no harm. And that doesn't mean that everyone who goes into the field necessarily um, would, would be inclined to think that, uh, you know, in any case, like, what if, uh, what if somebody was actually uh, prone to becoming a serial killer, but also wanted to be a doctor? It's not necessarily a complete lack of a Venn diagram there. Like, right. 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 Well, I mean, and, and, and I think that's, that's some of the issue with, um, with atheist um, groundings of morality is that, well, I don't know. Because I suppose one could just have an atheist ethic. And if you have an atheist ethic, then you're accountable to other atheists in your community. Other ethical atheists? Sure, yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. And and so like, one could do that. Um, I, mean, I mean, I certainly, like like my friends who, who are my closer friends who are atheists, right, are, are, are quite clear about... Um, how sort of um, calling each other out for bad behavior is mm-hmm. an important part of keeping a community going, and um, and that uh, yeah, and that striving for right. justice. Um, of course, right. they also they often have very particular notions of what justice looks like mm-hmm. uh, that might be drastically different from those of a Christian, uh, mm-hmm. for whom justice is God's justice. And so, I mean, which is unintelligible to humans, right? Um, in yeah. large part. Which um, sometimes only amounts to a deferral of justice, really. Well, I mean, I suppose. I mean, depends on how, depends on what. I don't know mm-hmm. about that, but, yeah. um, but, but, but <laughs> it can, right? It certainly can. It could, yeah. And, um, right, which is why you have, you know, people who are, uh, you know, a, extremely willing to um, 
sort of enact their version of justice on the world, right? Which yeah, is right. which which is something that's true of people who claim the mantle of Christian and people who don't, and people, right? I mean, and and that's absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and unfortunately, a lot of those people seem to feel that using coercion and violence to further those aims is justified. Um, and I mean, I'm a very committed uh, practitioner of Christian nonviolence, um, which is something I have been since my early 20s. And it is not always an easy thing to be. And in mm. fact, the fact that I stated out loud a is kind of rare and B, um, in part, I think I might, I may say it because um, were that not the case, I would be, uh, I would be out there trying to enact my version of what I think justice looks like, um, right. you know, and, uh, and so it, it, it keeps me in check. Right? Yeah. So to me, um, that brings up ideas around, really, it's about control. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it, not necessarily, but uh, when you talk about justice, uh, the, it could be a, a punitive, like there's, we're trying to punish somebody for something they've done. Oh, yeah. Um, but I in see. many, in many cases, it's, uh, it's looking forward. It's like, this is what we want people to do. Um, so even if even if um, even if they haven't necessarily done something worth punishing right now, we mm -hmm. want to step in and enforce our belief system or our um, our virtue system or our values onto as many people as we can, hopefully everyone, and have the world work the way we want it to, which, which is, is, that's especially true in like the West, right? Yeah, like we, we have this idea that we have everything figured out and and then we're gonna, you know, try to export that everywhere around the world. And well, like that's, yeah, that's, uh, it's bullshit, really. Yeah, it's, and, it's a really fucked up situation. I don't think that it's a Western um, attribute. I think it's global, okay. worldwide and universal for everyone at all times over the last million years, uh, oh, because okay. it's the only thing I've ever seen people ever do really well i mean my my perspective is limited i don't right. live in the east uh, i don't live ten thousand years ago but from what little i can see of those it's the same patterns emerging you have people yeah. resting control you have people yeah. telling people how, how things are this is the way it is um even the code of hammurabi uh is essentially yeah. that and but there is that's not i'm not trying to be super critical about this i'm just stating a fact it is um i am somewhat critical about it but it is also beneficial because um like you said already like you um when when it comes to a community and uh like your friends admonishing one another and reminding um we do need that and that can only happen if there's an agreed upon uh, set of uh, rules, I guess. And w that is necessary in order for there to be any kind of order in society, I believe. Well, I, to bring it back to those specific people that I mentioned, they certainly yeah. wouldn't think of it as rules. 
They would think yeah. of it as, um, I don't know, uh, methods of accountability, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, but they still amount to rules. I'm not sure they necessarily do, but. Um, well, OK. Let, um, but I don't want to like defend like these particular. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. But OK, what if um, let's look at um, let's look at gender. Uh, what's the what's the word adjective identity yeah is, is yeah uh, sure he yeah he he she what are those called adjectives pronouns pronouns this yeah. is what you're going for yeah yeah that's what man my english escapes me all of a sudden <laughs> oh dear. um okay so so pronouns right now um there's a there's a rule it is a rule you have to respect people's pronouns um it's correct. You do have to. You have to respect people in any way they need it, right? We do have to, <laughs> but why? I mean, I, I mean, boy, that might just be um, a sort of. I don't think you have to. I don't think it's a rule. I think it's okay. common. It's 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 not being an asshole, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So and there are plenty of assholes right. out there, right? Sure. I mean. Like, so like, just to be clear, right? Uh, yeah. Since this is being recorded, right? So like yeah. I'm trans and yeah. I use she, her pronouns and, um, and, and that was a whole journey and a fucking half. And, yeah. um, and like, I'm quite like comfortable with that at this point in my life, which is great because I wasn't for a long time. I was depressed and dysphoric and, and running away from it hard. Yeah. Um, and and now I'm definitely not doing that. And uh, right. additionally, um, I don't think, and and I I'm aware this puts me in this sort of minority uh, of sorts within the trans community. I don't um, approach it as a choice. Uh, mm -hmm. I know certainly lots of trans people do, and they have lots of fun playing around in genderland. Right. Um, but for me, uh, it's simply the way that I was made. Um, by God, I would certainly say, uh -huh. um, and um, and it's not something that I could change if I wanted to. But right. it's also not a centrally important part of who I am. Right? Um, right. I, I think the centrally important parts of me are uh, being a child of God, and you know, I mean, and I have other attributes and characteristics. Mm -hmm. um, one of which is being trans. Uh, I mean, I don't, you can't quite see, I do have my trans button on. Anyway, <laughs> let me, there we oh, go. Yeah. She, her okay. pronoun button. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, and like, I, I've got one on my purse and I mean, like that's mostly to help out the cis folks so right. that they don't, you know, mess up and, you know, um, yeah. And I guess the theoretically to signal allyship with other trans people. Um, yeah. Although goodness gracious, we're not a monolithic block of people any more than any other, you know, grouping is a monolithic block of people. Right. Um, but so you, uh, but you anyway. just, I think you just hit the nail on the head there because, um, and I, I know that I could get away with, uh, with this with you. So that's why I brought it up, but yeah, you, I, I kind of just trapped you because you said now um, they're, if they mess up and use the wrong pronoun, so this is this is what oh, I'm yeah. trying to get yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll correct people. No, exactly. So so why is it that it's um it's a mess up? It's a missing the mark in our. If you want to use uh, take the same terminology, it's a sin. 
because I sin would definitely not call it a sin. I would call no, it a but, mistake. No, but here's the thing: a sin is nothing but a mistake and a missing the mark and a messing up. I'm so, okay. That's I can roll with that interpretation so, of sin. So I mean, I'm I'm a Calvinist, so like I think that like we are mired in sin, and sin uh-huh. is a is is a general condition of the world. Um, but um, you know, I, I guess it is also true that um, one makes individual mistakes, and 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 some of those are in fact sins. Right. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why I am very grateful to pray for forgiveness. Um, you know, every Sunday and literally every evening in my personal evening prayers. Right. Like right. Set a right things we have done or said askew is yeah. a direct quote from in an in, in evening bedtime prayer that I do because you know I mean moral perfectionism is trash and and like no one's gonna get everything right all the time and and Uh you can't you can't try it because if you do you'll get yourself all trapped in anxiety and and everything and and that's no fun yeah Yeah. so so again we're we keep butting up against this idea that there's something that's right Mm. right and um but so, but you also mentioned um, that the world is a mess, and I would completely agree with Calvin on that point. The world is a complete mess, um, and really, perhaps, perhaps it's more accurate to say, or more constructive to say, the world is really fucked up, than it is to say, yeah, something that has these theological implications around it, like. Uh, we are conceived in sin or whatever it is because there's um they're they're really the same thing but they're also drastically different totally and uh to me that's important and i really can't figure out why at this point um well i mean like it, it feels to me like um like it's it's important because there are only certain types of people who will respond when you say that we are mired in sin yeah um and then like the term that i like using the best to sort of denote the fucked upness of the world is to say that uh humans are all fallible creatures Mm -hmm. um uh that 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 seems to work well for uh for some of my friends for whom religion is uh an anathema um and uh and and so so that's good um you know and and i i don't know right i mean like like i've had many friends who who are not religious and friends who have been abused by religion mm-hmm. uh right which is often called spiritual abuse and and i talk to those people um and and have those conversations uh, and in those conversations i don't talk all that much i just listen mm-hmm. um and you know i mean like goodness gracious um yeah it's um it could be dispiriting um if i did not have the character to not be dispirited right to bring it back to a hawawasian character thing right mm-hmm. where i mean i like i i don't like i i have joy and gratefulness in the same breath as I have sorrow and dispiritedness. Um, and, and, and I think that's, um, 
it's just really important to be able to hold those things in tension with each other and uh and and right do what one can right in right. the moment right absolutely mm -hmm. that's uh that's really profound actually because it's um it is the world is messed up and um it continues it has been for to, its whole existence right? exactly so it, i mean it continues so like, to be this isn't anything new right yeah. and so right i mean and you know that's kind of what i think about with this pandemic right so my parents are both um retired history professors right so they, they talk like old history professors right <laughs> and so you know for them you know it's like well <laughs> let me tell you about the plague right like right you know, this this isn't going to go away you know yeah. like this is going right and it, it almost yeah. for a history professor being in a pandemic almost feels like a comfortable thing <laughs> <laughs> well i mean finally um, we get to experience this <laughs> I mean, oh my but, but this is the thing is this, the, the earth has gone through so many cataclysmic events, um, whether it be comets, uh, giant um, mega volcanoes, uh, sure. solar flares, yeah, um, ice ages, uh, worldwide flooding, like just every, every time you turn around, if you look in the right areas, you're gonna, it's easy to see these things. And, and yet we keep surviving and- <laughs> Yes, which I mean, I would say literally by the providence of God. Um, and uh, despite uh, our human machinations to the contrary, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, which I mean, of course, I think primary in those machinations, well, maybe not primary, but that's the word I use, uh, is sort of trying to solve things through, um, you know, governmental intervention. Right. right. Uh, I mean, and and just to clarify here, uh, I, I, I'm a non-centralized state socialist and an anti-capitalist and committed very strongly to both of those things. Um, of course, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I also, you know, spend plenty of time with folks who are, you know, are not radical in their politics. And uh, and I like to meet people where they're at. Um, right. You know, and and whether that's, you know, uh, conservative church folks um, or, uh, you know, like liberal. I mean, I have a hard time with liberal and moderate political people, honestly, if they're really into politics and they're not radicals. Uh, I, I, I have I have more trouble with that these days than um, than. How can you be into politics and not be radical? Well, I definitely know people that <laughs> I know, are like yeah. that. I'm, know? Everyone I mean, is. And you know? I'm, yeah, right. I mean, and like even, you know, I mean, like, mm -hmm. like people who, who like, I, I just don't understand. Um, I don't know, right? Like, I, I, I'm thinking actually at the moment of, uh, right, the hereditary Wet'suwet'en chiefs, right? Right. Um, right? I, I just uh, read uh, an article in the Tai'i. Uh, which is an, a, a news outlet that that is one of the many that I uh, follow, uh, and like it's worth reading because uh, they do like a decent job of coverage of right. indigenous rights issues, and um, and this one in particular, right? 
Um, so, um, you know, it's sort of the, 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 uh, the camp that's out there was just reoccupied by a new group of folks. And the difference between reading the news in the Prince George Citizen, which literally just quoted the, the stuff that CGL put out and then the stuff that the fucking cops put out, you know, um, uh, and the Tai, which which in fact did some actual reporting on the matter, right, mm. is is sort of striking. Um, yeah. And well, and, you talk about you, know, you talk yeah. about Black Lives Matter, and then here we are, what two years, a year, two years later, same yeah. shit, different pile. Um, we oh, never learn. Sure. Oh, for ne- sure, right? And, and, I mean, yeah. And 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 like, I mean, I'm I'm very um, I mean. I would never police a, a community's uh, uh, method of um, trying to undo the shackles of their oppression, right? Uh, but having said that, I'm not a huge fan of like big protests and stuff. I don't think they work. I've been in them in the past and uh, watched absolutely nothing happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I don't generally think that that's effective tactically, um, but- right. So let's 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 yeah. bring this back to a point we made earlier is sure. what's what's happening right here is that there is and and this is really the case in all of politics in my opinion okay. is that what what's happening is um in every situation what we have is two people or two groups of people who have different opinions on what should happen Mm-hmm. And they're they're all they're trying to do is control the other people because their way is right. Oh, for and sure, so right? It's I'm it's, not, it's I'm tribalism to... in a non-indigenous way, right? Yes, it's, yes. It's not encampments of folks. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's really the only thing that uh, that humans ever do, um, except for when they make a very uh, conscious effort to do otherwise. Which brings us back to what you were talking about, like um, do the uh, you know the ethical and the uh, the commitment to community and to um, this positive influence that we can have on one another, and that is important. Um, but sure. that's what there's a slim line between that positive influence on one another and this control which is the problem that we're trying to overcome so the problem and the solution almost look identical in a way uh mm-hmm. but never to the people who are involved or often not to the people involved <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah 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 no i i mean i i i agree with you on that right i mean i think in in gen, in general terms i mean um like I, I, I think as, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems to me like as a Christian, I have a different set of hopes than those who are not part of the faith. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I think that is a refuge and a solace um, both in times of sorrow and in times of joy, right? And um, and, and that's a, a very positive thing. Uh, but uh, having said that, right? I mean, I think much of the church uh, 
really latched on to uh, much of the Western church, I should be explicit, um, really latched on to enlightenment ideals of logical positivism, right? Where sort of, um, you know, progress uh, was going to bring about all these good things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, back in the 40s and 50s, and in fact, prior, because it goes back prior, but, um, and, and, and I think that was a dangerous pill for the church to swallow. And the church did swallow it, at least large swaths of it. Certainly many evangelical wings of the church swallowed it wholeheartedly. And, um, and, and, and I think that was, was very bad. But I think one of the characteristics of the church is that it gets to test um, its moral convictions uh, and by the church, I mean all the people in it, not just the institution, I should clarify. Mm -hmm. um, it, it gets to test its moral convictions in a continuous manner um, against scripture and against the church tradition throughout history uh, as a community. And I think that... Um, gives room for more interesting and imaginative solutions to things, right? Um, I mean, and like certainly like when I was at Calvin, so I, I went to Calvin College um, and studied analytic philosophy there. Um, when I was at Calvin, there was a big push for sort of like social justice was the buzzword, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I mean, I was tangentially, you know, involved in some of that stuff. I mean, I was like the radical leftist on campus, although I wasn't nearly as radical as I became later in life. But, um, but still, um, like, and like at, at this point now, sort of social justice has become this empty buzzword that doesn't mean a whole lot other than like performative, you know, like we're going to rename this school because right. of its colonialist stuff, which I mean, goodness gracious, in Prince George, when they fucking renamed uh, Kelly Road, right? Wasn't that yeah, it? Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah um, like the amount of pushback they got for that was astounding, um, you know, uh, and, and disappointing. Um, but at the same time, like that was a performative gesture, like, reconciliation whether it's with the trans community or the queer community or the various indigenous communities right requires concrete action and and um and like that's the piece that's missing you know is is yeah right? i mean and, when it when it comes down to it we we need to quit saying the right thing and focus on not being an asshole like you said earlier um yeah but, right like but actually, then again yeah. What is an asshole and what is not an asshole? And these are, this brings me back to the thing about rules is that there has to be, uh, rules is a weird way to say it. I, I yeah. completely understand yeah. that. But, um, but that's my point is that there's a, there's a rule that says um, if you do these certain things, you're an asshole. So these rules are very, very good because they point out to us, oh, well, Assuming that I don't want to be an asshole, um, these rules help me avoid those certain types of behaviors. Sure, and right. So I mean, go, I was just going to say, and, and that sort of seems like it um, 
but like those those rules, if you will, um, mm -hmm. they um, they sort of uh, they depend on societal pressure, right? Yes, absolutely. To, for their enforcement, right? Yeah. Um, and for that, their definition. Yes, and for their definition, and which makes them slippery, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so. Well, the you know, Wet'suwet'en thing is a perfect example. Like the the cops and the oil companies are um, are playing with that slippery uh, factor because it's in their best interest to do so. Um, because they they don't want to simply go, oh yeah, these are rules. <laughs> you know, we we understand racism now. Uh, like <laughs> yeah, no, yeah yeah yeah. Right? We understand because, racism now. We're just gonna like chainsaw uh, and like and like axe through a door and right. like arrest a bunch of folks for being right. on their unseated land that's never yes. been right i right. mean like right it's just fucking ridiculous and well, i that's can't the even thing. with so, that nonsense we, and i think that's the thing is that um humans uh like to play with those rules um to see if there's some kind of advantage yeah totally that, that right? can be kept especially um uh, rather than, I mean, it's one thing to gain an, an advantage, um, but God help us if you try to take away the advantage that we've become used to. to. Like, Amen to forget that. that, right? Yeah, right. Um, uh, I mean, like, that's that's a good point you made. I appreciate that point, right? Because, like, what, what's interesting is, I mean, so for, for non-Christians, right, they, they would see it perhaps that way. And then mm -hmm. for Christians, right, it becomes pride, Right which is mm. one of the seven deadly sins, right? right. So one needs to um, sort of, um, right, which is sort of like a, a deeper way of thinking about the same thing, if yeah. you will. Yeah, so, so in, a, in the context of uh, this, the, this mentality of uh, sin and um, uh, virtue, I suppose, then there's all those... Uh, there seems to be these um, opposites, these uh, very bilateral types of scales where, oh yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, there's pride on one, on one hand, and then on the other side would be um, humility. Yeah. Um, and probably a few other different words. Um, uh, grace even. I mean, they, they kind of all fit together in, in a complex way. Yeah. Um, so I think this is, this is a little bit of what, I'm, what I mean by structure in that these concepts um, that are well understood because they're talked about every week on Sunday uh, and we cycle through them, uh, there's the society of the church um so this the the community of christians mm -hmm. is is kept aware of these concepts and they never right. fall off the radar because it's it's what is always talked about well they definitely fall off the radar but well you know i mean <laughs> the hope is that they won't fall off the radar too much <laughs> yeah yeah um so i, I so i guess if uh it would be sort of similar to the concept of doctors meeting once a week to remind themselves about the Hippocratic Oath. Sure. I and mean, that's an oversimplification, of course, but 
Um, would that be a good thing? Probably. <laughs>